For several decades, New Mexico police had suspected something not quite right with a local Christian group, but could not find the evidence they needed. But in 2017, Bill Miller's search for his 12-year-old son Enoch led the police onto the compound, resulting in at least eight arrests, several accusations of child abuse, and one 72-year sentence for the leader of this cult. This week, we talk about the story of James and Deborah Green and their cult, Aggressive Christianity Missions Training Corps. I'm really excited about this one. I I think I listened to an episode of a, like a podcast episode about it. So I vaguely know about it, but not enough that I'm like, could tell you exactly what happened. Even with all of the research I did, I could not tell you exactly what happened. Mm. There, um, I mean, cults are all always so secretive, but even with all of the information that came to light about this one, it's still hard to like pin down the exact sequence of events, kind of. Mm-hmm. But they are, yeah, that, it's really interesting and it's really sad. Uh, it might be a little heavy. Don't have your kids listening, please. Yeah, this is not a podcast for kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm Alicia Galati. And I'm Jada Smith. This is Two Sisters in a Cult. Sister Cult Survivors Talking About Cults. A podcast for your earballs. Yeah, so we are sisters. We might not look alike. But we have the same mom. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we grew up in a cult. And we use this podcast as a way to talk about cults from that perspective. That's what makes our podcast different. Um, we're not here to judgy judge or be, you know, comedians. Because pretty sure the only things who find us funny are our pets. Because they find everything funny. <laughs> pleasant. Pretty They're sure. like, play? Yeah. I could just look at shadow like what are you doing and he will start wagging his tail like are we going somewhere what's happening i'm so excited this is great she's talking to me i love it i love it (laughs) (laughs) don't even matter but yeah so today we are talking jada is going to be telling us about a cult that is um not so fun don't let your kids listen to this podcast not so fun at all no all right prepare your earballs Today, we are talking about Aggressive Christianity, also called the Aggressive Christianity Missions Training Corps, also abbreviated? Abbreviated. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Okay. It sounded weird in my head. Yeah, the word's abbreviated. (laughs) Also abbreviated as ACMTC, so I may refer to it as that, but mostly as Aggressive Christianity because it fits. Yeah. They were founded in 1981. So they've been around a while, but they had like a a big moment in the limelight not too long ago. In 2019, the leader, Deborah Green, who is currently in prison, appealed her sentence. And she's been in prison since 2017, 2018. Okay. But like I said, they were founded in 1981. So they had a lot of stuff going on between then and when shit finally hit the fan. Yeah. All right. So they're in New Mexico. Right now, they're located about 60 miles outside of somewhere called Gallup, New Mexico. Uh, They've moved around a lot, though, like mostly to evade CPS getting involved or um, 
the surrounding churches, you know, they have a, a martyr complex where everybody's persecuting them. Of course. Anyway, of course. Right now, they're in the middle of making a documentary that I'm not 100% sure what the content is going to be, but it seems like they're trying to, um, like, prove that they're God's superior army, they're his elite children, their leader is an oracle of God and not a pedophile, you know. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So their leader is the uh, married couple? Leaders? The leader, pastor, I guess, initially was the husband, James Green. He was trained to be a pastor. Okay. So he was ordained. Right. Okay. But from all of the information that's come out of the cult and all of the survivors and the court cases and the testimonials, everything points to Deborah Green being in control of everybody. Oh, that is interesting. That sounds a lot like... uh... Our situation. Well, we grew yes, up. Yes, it in. does. It sounds very much like our situation. And if, mm-hmm. if you look her up, she's got similar eyes. Like together they were the face, but. But she was the neck and the body and the spine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, she always said that. Do you remember that? She used to say that the husband is the head, but the wife is the neck to turn the head wherever she wants. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe in a partnership of marriage right one would think it would be like left brain right brain but no you know okay continue (laughs) so the leader deborah green will never get out of prison she was 71 when she was sentenced to 72 years okay but she did appeal it in 2019 saying that it was there was a rottenness upon her life and she couldn't bear it anymore and blah 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 it's the same for william Com. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Whoa, is me. I have all these terrible things happening to me and I can't <laughs> even believe it. Like you did shitty things to other people and your mm-hmm. actions have consequences. If you can't handle those consequences, then don't do the action. It's that simple. <laughs> right? Somebody didn't teach it to her as a kid. I'm I'm trying to teach that to my son right now. Agreed, same. <laughs> like you can't do the thing because this is Look at the dominoes, buddy. Look at the dominoes. Yes. You're going to end up here if you go there. (laughs) Yes. Actions have consequences. Plain and simple. Everybody needs to know Mm -hmm. this. I teach my kids the same, uh, especially Jude. Joe, it's harder to teach him anything really lately, but um, we're working on it slowly but surely. We've been going through the don't hit people. We don't hit our family. Mm -hmm. It's not okay to hit your family. We started using some time out. Instead of spanking, how's that going? Pretty good, though. He's so like he'll yell for a little bit that he's in there, and then next thing I go in there and he's like reaching over his crib trying to get a toy. He's like, "Oh, I'm trying to get this," <laughs> and I'm I'm like, "That's not the point of you being in here. Come on." <laughs> but we do it based on age, so he gets two minutes in mm-hmm. timeout because he's two. He's not getting 15 minutes. Of, like, when we were younger, that's what it was. Yeah, it was 15 minutes flat rate. Minimum. You get 15 yeah. more if you move. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> flat rate timeout. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but, yeah, I so then Jude gets five minutes since he's five. And, mm-hmm. you know, based on the severity. And then I we do a lot of talking through with Jude. But, Joe, it's 
yeah, it's harder trying to get him to understand that his actions have consequences, but we feel like this is a good way to at least start that you hit your family, the toy gets taken away, or you hit your family, you have to go in timeout. If you're not going to be nice, you're going to go in timeout. Like this is, we're not doing this. You're not going to yell and scream and get what you want. That's not how this works. So mm-hmm. it's interesting, but yeah. I'm still thinking about that flat rate, 15 minutes. All right. So let's get back to this guy because mm-hmm. it's crazy. There's not a whole ton of crap on like their early life, formative years, nothing like that. Okay. We know that James Green, uh, the husband, was born in 1945 and Deborah Green was born in 1947. And we know that they're... Their followers called them the brigadier generals Hmm. uh, or just the generals, usually. Deborah specifically, they're referred to as mom or general or the oracle of God. Okay. And James, they just called the general or Jim. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. You can see where this is going, right? I can. (laughs) Yes. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so James Green was born in 1945. He was raised in Kentucky. He claims to have had like your typical Southern religious upbringing. But then as a teen, he hitchhiked to California and became a hippie, and he met Deborah in California. She was raised in California. She claims she had a pagan humanist upbringing. She claims she has Native American blood. Her father was Native American. What kind is unclear. Okay. And she claims that she had good grades in like high school, college. She was all good, you know. Mm-hmm. But on the group, on their website, it says, however, that proved to be no help when later she too became ensnared in the hippie lifestyle. And <laughs> she became involved in the 1960s music and bands, typical generational activities and sins, as well as a total rebellion from society in general. Oh my God. So she sounds like an antisocial hippie. I mean, it's pretty typical for the time. Yeah. The loner started to come out. Everybody was like, I don't have to follow your rules. We're going to do our own thing. I mean, which I'm all about. As long right, as you're right. being safe and not like blatantly breaking laws. <laughs> of course. Yeah, don't break any laws, guys. No. Please. Never ends well for anybody. I don't know if you've seen the news lately, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they they get together, and um, that's uh, late late sixties, and in seventy one, mm-hmm. shortly after that, they uh, they join this little. I'm not sure if it's a cult or just a little spiritual kind of prayer group sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, but they they followed like a Native American way of life and way of practicing spirituality and they called themselves the bear tribe and their leader okay. was called sun bear um and one of the women that ended up testifying against them met them at this time she was very instrumental in like discovering what was really going on in there okay they're working for the bear tribe they get sent to montana to like scout out some land for the the bear tribe and they're staying in a little cabin out there and I guess they don't have a car at the time because James Green is like going out places and then hitchhiking back to the cabin. Okay. And that's the basis for where we're about to go next. Hmm. So he's hitchhiking back to their cabin one day and this Christian guy picks him up and starts like preaching to him. As per the use. 
as per the years. We've all been there, haven't we? <laughs> I just needed a ride home. I don't care about anything you have to say. If you just give me a ride. Like, all I see is Ned Flanders giving this dude a ride. I don't watch The Simpsons, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. He's the neighbor who's a Christian and like Oh okay, always, yep, that makes sense. Yeah, he's always like trying to preach to the sim to um the family or you know he's just like overly religious though. We all know someone. Yeah, we all know someone like that. <laughs> Very true. So all I imagine is Ned Flanders being like, Hi neighbor, do you need a ride? Here, get in, I'll tell you all about Jesus. Like, oh god. <laughs> You know, I don't think I do need a ride. <laughs> Never mind. I will walk till my feet bleed. <laughs> Gotta work on my hamstrings anyway, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> would you accept a ride if you had to hitchhike? Like, if you had to hitchhike, no other choice, would you accept a ride from a Christian? I might, because I could handle it. Would you feel it. more comfortable with them than with someone else? Or would oh, you feel no. less comfortable? I mean, okay, I've listened to enough true crime documentaries and podcasts and know enough about the world that I'm not hitchhiking anywhere ever. Yes, right. Now, <laughs> if I had Never. to choose between, I don't know, even couples are dangerous. So even if it was like mm-hmm. a couple that came, like, I am like so suspicious of anyone who picks up a hitchhiker. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're doing a good service. I think that you're creepy and I think that you have an ulterior motive and I'm going to end up in a uh, middle of the woods somewhere murdered. <laughs> so <laughs> I will walk until my feet bleed. <laughs> yeah. Same. But if I did not have that knowledge and it was the seventies and hitchhiking was normal and I, you know, had my current beliefs and, you know, stuff life <laughs> then i think that i might be inclined to get a like take a ride from a christian i would not i don't think i'd care so much because i can handle listening to it for a few miles taking the pamphlet and then like telling them not where i live exactly but like a street right, up from right. where i live so that they don't come to my house trying to preach to me but yeah i think i'd be okay it wouldn't be the end of the world but what about you I I have hitchhiked like in the last three or four years because I don't drive and I don't have a car and sometimes I end up stuck places mm-hmm. and it's usually like a, I don't know why but I, I know how to pick them okay like okay that that person looks safe but it's always in like the, the least manipulative way it's always this just very gentle nice looking dude who ends up being like yeah I'm a Christian all good where you gotta go i've been extremely lucky and i don't hitchhike anymore good (laughs) things i have had to within the last minute yeah little cabin james green hitchhiking back to his cabin to get back to his wife after a long day of doing god knows what Mm -hmm. christian guy picks him up and starts preaching to him and James is like, oh, my God, my wife has got to hear this. Oh, God. So, <laughs> he brings the dude back to his house. And um, on the website, it says that he, he preached to them lovingly. Of course. He lovingly shared the word of God with them. And um, after a little debating, the generals felt the drawing presence of Jesus and consented to the man, simply praying 
dear Lord Jesus, take this garbage that is my life and make me useful to your kingdom. I mean, anything will do, right? <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> so they leave the bear group. Obviously, they're Christians now. They can't be associated with a Native American way of life. And okay. they to Wait. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about this. Um, I had a listener reach out and I'm going to be on her podcast. And she was sharing a little bit about her story and how she has excommunicated herself from the church. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could do that. Well, yeah. And I was like, oh, I love that. Yes. That's how she, <laughs> she phrases it. I love it. But mm-hmm, she was talking mm-hmm. about how she remembers when she left one church that they had been at for years, her friends were there and her best, you know, like all her friends, all her, you know, quote unquote church family were there. And she had been so enveloped in this church that she had removed herself from her own family and her own old friends, because you can't be associated with those outside of this church, which is very much like how we grew up. Mm -hmm. And she said that when she left, like, she just felt so alone because she didn't have anyone to talk to. And then she she tried to reach to her, reach out to one of her best friends. And the best friend literally said on the phone, I can't talk to you. I'm not allowed. (sighs) Any organization that tells you that is a cult. (laughs) If you Mm -hmm. are not allowed to talk to someone because they've left and they are ashamed and they are sinful now, then they're, they definitely have cult tendencies. Just yeah. to put that out there. Yep. That's something that we will see here as well. Um, mm. I actually like to share a story that I didn't include in my note. Yeah. The, the woman that I said met them and mm-hmm. this, this bear tribe, she like has a, has a whole website and blog and everything where Right now, she's talking about how much it still affects her life and the way that things happened and how it affected her children. And wow. um, she made a documentary with Nat Geo, actually, in 2012 about what went on in there. Nice. Yeah, really nice. I love that. Like, share it, girl. Put yeah. it out there. She, she shares on her blog this letter from her daughter, which I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me, but basically the the stepfather or the father of her daughter was like super into the, the aggressive Christianity and told her like, it was kind of like how we grew up where Deborah Green had complete control over how you were disciplined. Mm-hmm. Everybody follows her advice. If you don't, you are going against what God believes is right for your family and your child. Mm-hmm. So they, the girl wanted to like see her grandmother and stepdad was like, no, you can't do that anymore. Sorry. Uh, she's, she's not one of us. You can't do that. Obviously. Mm. Right. Cult stuff. One one. Yeah. And she was like, can't do that to my daughter, first of all. <laughs> and uh, the daughter was like, I'm going to miss my grandmother. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So he goes, okay, you can live with her for a month. And then you can decide who you want to live with. She's like, yeah, you can't do that to my daughter. (laughs) Oh, my God. But she agreed after a lot of coercion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know how it goes in there. Mm -hmm. So the daughter went to live with the grandmother for a month and then came back and said she wanted to she wanted to stay at home. But he did not believe that she meant it. Oh, my God. 
So he had her give back all of the stuff that her grandmother had gotten her and write her a letter saying to prove her loyalty. Yeah. That she's not going to be able to see her again. That was what his instructions were. So (sighs) she has this letter on her website. Um, It says, I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm going to miss you so much. I covet too much. Oh Um, my God. Like little things that, that children should never ever worry about or feel let alone have to oh my god like yeah they they went to the extreme in cutting people off from their families yeah and the mother she brought a lawsuit against them in 88 and the reason that she um that she left in the first place was because of how bad it was getting Hmm. but they told her that she was an adulteress for putting her, idolizing her children above God and the cause. That sounds about because right. Because she was like a decent mother who questioned, why are you being such a twat to my child and me? Yeah. Is God really this mean? <laughs> Do you remember uh, the camp being like that? That very much like yeah. God is first and foremost, your children are not first and foremost. Your uh, spouse is not first and oh, foremost. Yeah. It is God. Mm-hmm. As someone who's married and has kids, I not that I believe. I don't believe that me and Chris are more important at all. Um, but I do feel that we are the head of the household. We make decisions for the household, but then also as the kids grow up, we want them to be involved in those decisions and incorporated Mm -hmm. in that they feel empowered to make good decisions and be able to I feel like they're participating in their own life right absolutely that it is a family and not a dictatorship I feel like the camp was the complete opposite in that it is God first and foremost and then the parents submitting all of their will to God and Mm -hmm. then the children being submissive to anyone yep who is an adult yep which is a very dangerous, very dangerous thing to teach children. Oh, trust me, I know because <laughs> I, I have grown up. I grew up believing that, and I am still figuring out all of the ways that it's affected me in yeah. less than positive aspects. Hmm. Yeah, like it's been very hard for me my entire life to to not to say no because if I mean no, then it's easy for me to say it. But Mm -hmm. when I mean I don't want to, then Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to say no. Mm. And it's okay to not want to do something and then not do it because you don't want to. But it took me fucking, God, 10 years to figure out. (laughs) Yeah. And I think sometimes I've, like, it's easy to still feel like that child. Yeah. And that you have to, not that you have to respect your elders, but like, any adult it could be someone who's five years older than me like mm-hmm. they don't have to be this you know older person it's like figuring out wait i'm an adult now <laughs> i'm almost 30 right. <laughs> i'm a bot ass bitch i don't need nothing <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's detrimental to teach children that anyone with authority has power, 
uh, or that mm-hmm. anyone who's older and an adult has power. I was um, very lucky with Gabe. He like is very extroverted and friendly and will like constantly be talking to people and saying hi and I like your shirt and what's your name what a lovely name nice but he's also very stranger danger separation anxiety like will be right up my ass if we're in the (laughs) store like (laughs) stepping on my heels you know what I mean yeah so that's good Jude is yeah. the opposite where he, but he is very <laughs> friendly and he's like, hi, my name is Jude. What's your name? And then <laughs> like next thing you know, he's hiding in the clothing rack and I'm like, Jude, get your ass out of oh there right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my that God. That was me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, being a parent is hard. I feel like we say that every episode, yeah. but it is. <laughs> yeah, but it is. Everybody knows it except for yeah. people who don't have kids. Yeah. They don't know it. They don't. And that's okay. Keep keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> if you don't want kids and don't have them, don't feel pressured to have them. It's okay. <laughs> they're great. But they're, it's also great to be away from them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh, anyhow. I, um, I've been discovering that in this quarantine. Like, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful, beautiful, super relaxing thing to spend so much time with him. But also... Mm-hmm. Maybe two to three hours a day. Mm-hmm. I might want to spend some time alone, and that's okay. Yeah. I, I haven't gotten there yet. You haven't gotten to that point, or you haven't gotten the time alone? Time alone, I feel like. I mean, oh, yes, it's like time alone to relax. So my yeah. time alone, I'm working. Um, yeah. I'm doing podcast management. I am, you know, pitching clients. I'm working on social media stuff. I'm, like, doing marketing. So I'm, like, working. I don't feel like I have time alone, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need, I've been thinking a lot about that and how I can make just 30 minutes to an hour of just doing something for me, whether that's journaling, which I've been doing more of, and I really like that, or painting or reading or just something that is when there's quiet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I've been thinking about either staying up a little later or going, uh, waking up a little earlier to get that time just to let my mind relax. Yeah, you should. My kids are also young. Well, are they? Yeah, they need a lot of direction still. They're not self-sufficient whatsoever. I remember those years. Yeah. They pass quicker than you think, though. And then you're like, hey, get yourself a, a cereal bar out of the cabinet and then you look over and he's actually doing it and you're like holy shit you are now 10 feet tall where did the time go (laughs) 10 feet tall (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i know time goes fast but yeah man this is why i don't want any more kids i can't handle the baby phase and the phase again oh my god same like i can't handle any phase (laughs) <laughs> there are certain phases that I miss because they were so cute and lovely. Yeah. But when I see other people's kids, I'm like, oh my God, it was so cute. But I now I know why I didn't want to do that again. Look at it. It's crying right now. Look, look at it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So shall we talk about the cult a little bit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to... James and Deborah Green being converted in their little cabin in Montana. They leave the bear group. 
because it's a Native American thing. They move to Kentucky and start going to church. James trains four years under a pastor, but they decide that they don't like how Christianity as a whole is behaving um, based on their interpretation of scripture together. So they start writing some beautiful literature about how shitty Christianity is. You can still find that on their website and in some booklets. Nice. The booklets are called uh, things like Stinking Rotting Corpse. <laughs> what? Emergent Church Ideophrenia. Recreant yeah. Philosophers. And other strange names. <laughs> uh, I really like Stinking Rotting Corpse. <laughs> I like that one too. So at this point they say God led them to a deeper level of dedication and into a m- missionary way of life. Mm into a missionary way of life. Sorry, I had to say that again because I... Yeah. <laughs> I'm a missionary. <laughs> they go to Central America in like the middle of or right after a war. Not sure why they decided that was a good time, but they did. And then they end up leaving South Central America. Sorry, they end up leaving Central America because, you know, missions. And they end up in Miami. And they start working at the Salvation Army Center. They do your typical outreach programs with homeless people, drug addicts, alcoholics. I believe it's Salvation Army. If it's not, sorry, not sorry. Um, One of these groups refuses to offer support to people who are gay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is the Salvation Army. And... There was, or if you identify something other than the sex that you were born with, um, they refuse to give you help. That's cute. That's super cute. What a great bunch of people, man. Yeah. I mean, last I checked, Christianity was about, you know, love to all, no matter what they. I mean, serving the fucking poor, you know what I mean? Regardless of who the poor are or what their genitals are. And like, (laughs) fuck you, man. Yeah. Fuck you. Anyway, my opinion on that. Yep, same. Big hearty, fuck you. (laughs) That's gonna be a quote. A big hearty, fuck you. (laughs) (sighs) So, um, late seventies, they're working at Salvation Army. Early eighties, they move from Miami to Sacramento. Okay. And here, they're doing pretty much the same thing, I believe. But they start taking people in. Mm-hmm. Um, they buy a couple properties. Uh, they're printing and distributing Christian literature tracts. We've covered that in another um, episode. But if you, if you didn't listen to that one, tracts are those things that you don't want from the people who knock on your door and try to preach to you. Yep. Little pamphlets that say stuff that you don't care about. Yep. so they're distributing tracks they're taking people in they buy some more houses and they start like this this actual ministry this group and they call it free love ministries i feel like it's not free love though (laughs) no i feel like it's not i feel like it's extremely conditional and unfree yes quite expensive if i'm being exact okay so this is a direct quote from their website about this time in their lives. It says, already eating and working together, the ministry then started having daily meetings which included prayer and teaching. So, to paraphrase, they are living together 
sleeping together, eating together, not sleeping together, like sleeping together, but they've got a few houses and they've got tons of people staying there. Like these people are on top of each other constantly. And then they're having daily meetings, which include prayer and teaching on top of already like, I think they, they started a a bakery or some shit. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're working for the ministry with each other, up each other's asses every single day. And then you add God into that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can, yeah, it's gonna get great. Early '80s, they are just starting out their free love, prayer and teaching ministry little thingy. It started mm-hmm. to get kind of culty. I can imagine um, having been in a place similar. Yeah, but you know, probably like the early days at the place that we grew up, it was very, it was okay. Like yeah. the first year or two, it was like, yeah, be kids, go ride your bikes, have fun. And then all of, all of a sudden, just crack down. Shit kind of changed slowly, but then you notice it suddenly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think that there were some new revelations mm. that took place around that time, especially when they changed. Because I was thinking about this, this the other day. Um, I had a podcast interview that I was doing and I was telling, you know, this general story of, you know, how we grew up. And, and then I remembered as I was telling part of the story that when mom was almost at her 18 month time that they changed it to 24 months. Mm, do you remember that? I do. And I think with, with that shift, there was a lot of shifting in we need to make sure that people not that part of me does not think that the full intention was to fully control and keep people and create a cult i don't think anything really ever starts that way in an intention way it ended that way for sure Mm -hmm. but i think that the intention was the people that were sending out into the world are not coming back are are now coming back because they are not quote unquote fixed. We, what we're doing isn't working. So how do Mm. we crack down on this to make it more extreme so that people either one never leave or when they do, they succeed because they are so full of fear of hellfire Mm. and coming back here. So I think that at that time, like you said, in that two years, I think that's where that shift started to happen. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. So this is their um, their own version of the aggressive Christianity vision. Every vision has a beginning. In 1979, James and Deborah Green entered the prayer closet and God was there. Speaking to them prophetically, he made it clear that he was raising up an army his spirit army. True, there had been other armies claiming the Lord's name, but this was something new. It was by the prophetic word of the Lord that the aggressive vision came to be. Believing what God had said, the generals took it to heart and began to live their lives so they could live their lives to fulfill the vision. (laughs) True to his word, after many years of seeking and sacrifice, determination and hard work, God has brought into existence an army. And that's just the beginning. End quote. 
Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep for all. It's been their guiding principle since the moment that they launched. Their mattresses are designed to make good sleep accessible to everyone. The Allswell features hybrid mattress technology combining the best of both worlds, memory foam, and individual coils. A winning blend for comfort and support. Love it. Their goal is to create an affordable mattress without sacrificing quality or luxury. So what's the result? The Oswald Queen mattress costs only $345. And no, that is not a joke. Their Queen mattress is only $345. By using our special link, you can get free shipping, a 10-year limited warranty, and 100 nights risk-free trial. Definitely go check it out. You can find our link in the show notes. That lets Allswell know that we sent you and helps to support our show. Or you can simply go to twosisterscult.com slash savings and you'll be able to find the link on our page. We have all our favorite things on there, but definitely go check out Allswell and get yourself a queen mattress. Allswell, dreamy mattresses for real life. Okay, a lot of thoughts. So my first thought is that if God comes to you with a with a rel- revelation, <laughs> revelation, yeah, yeah, love those revelations. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> about how you can better yourself. Fucking kudos, that's great. When you start talking right. about how you need to influence and grow an army of people and spread this particular word to other people kudos retracted (laughs) yes all the kudos have been retracted you always have the best like quotes (laughs) kudos have been fucking retracted (laughs) i love it but like seriously because you've got Like, okay, I have very strong feelings about my own spirituality. You don't see me pushing Mm -hmm. or pressuring or influencing other people on how I feel. I've had my own awakening on how I want to act and how I want to live my life. And I'll post that on like, okay, so on my personal Instagram, about once a week, I will do a card poll. So I will lay out my Oracle cards. These are the four cards. Go ahead and pick one if you want. And like people can skip through. I'm not saying pick a card, pick a card. You need to pick a card. You are in sin if you're not picking a card. Like what? (laughs) How is any of this okay? But what I do is I, I offer it up as if you want, I can, you know, I'll send you whichever card you pick. And I have friends, like only a few out of like all my followers that will respond And I will reach out to them and I will send them the card. And they're like, oh, wow, that was so great. Thank you so much. Okay, great. Like you, that's Mm -hmm. between you and your own spirituality. I'm not going to say, you know what else this card means for you? (laughs) No, that's that's not how this works. What? Why? Kudos retracted. I am done. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I like everything that you just said. And it made me think about the first episode when we talked about if we had our own cults. Yeah. And I think that that's the main reason what you just said, why I could never have a cult because my spirituality is like, it's about me. (laughs) It's not Mm -hmm. about (laughs) y'all. You know what I mean? And I'm okay with that. I don't want other people in that. Mm -hmm. 
No, no. I mean, I love when you offer advice, when I ask you for advice, when you, you're like a, a beautiful flower in, if my spirituality is a universe, you know, you're like, Aww. it's great. <laughs> Thanks. It's, it's perfect. I'm I also a Virgo, it. so I have an answer for everything. <laughs> you do, and I love that about you. <laughs> I'm working on you're it. You're so, like, eloquent and smart about it, too. Like, <laughs> well, you know, I think that... I mean, I wouldn't consider this a, uh, <laughs> I love you. Well, the thing is, like, when I do that, I kind of, like, sometimes I get worried that that it doesn't come across as me wanting to be helpful. Like, I'm very much take it or leave it. Like, if it does not apply, then that is okay. It does not offend me at all. If yeah. people take, like, if I tell someone what I think they should do and they don't do it, then that's their choice. Like, that's the whole thing about life and spirituality and everything. You have a choice. <laughs> like I'm not going to pressure yeah. you into following, like, just cause I'm like, you know, this is what you should do. No. But yeah, sometimes I get worried like that. Um, I'm too much, but even that phrase of me being too much just means I'm me, which is, you know, that's yeah, a whole other thing I need to work through. Much. You take up, all of the space that you're meant to yeah in every sense i agree you do too really thanks <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like this morning i Hi. told you i said i love you he goes me too <laughs> i was like that's awesome <laughs> i love it i love it so much it's so great. i love me too <laughs> <laughs> yeah like and that is great he doesn't need to be like i love you too mom he can love himself too that's great <laughs> Gabriel, when I say I love you, he says, I love YouTube. <laughs> YouTube? <laughs> yeah. Jerk. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I love YouTube, too. So yeah. I guess you know, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But my point in all of that was not to say that please don't give me spiritual advice. It was to say that I couldn't have a cult and I couldn't be in a cult and I can't join a religion at this point in my life because it's not about the people around me. And if I start to get into that, mm -hmm. then I will start to try to change the people around me Yeah, to be, you know what I mean? Like, like a cult, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like when you make it a, a group thing, it's, Everybody has a, a standard to live up to, which is not the way. It's not the case. There is no standard. There's you. Do your thing. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. All right. I agree. So from 81 to 88, cult flew under the radar. And then the woman that we talked about earlier, she has the blog and the documentary. I am pretty sure I'm allowed to say her name, but I know that the aggressive Christianity website is not allowed to name her because she'll sue them again, which is amazing. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, because so we're not talking bad about her. <laughs> no, we like no, her. I have nothing bad to say about her. I think she's amazing and so, so fucking strong. Like, God, she's she's like a, a, a beautiful angelic light, honestly. No, and I mean that in like, uh, anyway. So her name is different, um, okay. and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it correctly. That's okay. I probably butchered the whole Australian names and cities and stuff. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> that was fun to do, though. That was funny. Yeah. And I probably butchered all of the Chinese names. You know, well. never. <laughs> if you're here anyway. for proper naming, <laughs> for, for proper naming. <laughs> proper pronunciation of names and naming things. <laughs> and places and, stu- and such, then this is not the podcast for that. Just to put that a place for you. Move along, yeah. so move, move along. along. <laughs> you're not a- accepted here. No, just kidding. Everyone is accepted here as long as you're not an asshole. That's it. <laughs> yeah, don't hate. Yeah. Haters will be removed by mental force. <clears throat> Promptly. <So>. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so her name is different. Please don't hate me if I butcher it. It. Her name is Mara Schmierer. Schmierer. Okay. I'm going to say Schmeier because the I comes before the E. All right. So hmm. they pretty much, they flew under the radar until 88 and then Mara Schmeier escaped. Um, she's so, so freaking amazing and strong. Anyway, she shared her story. Uh, she filed a lawsuit and she won that lawsuit because the Greens failed to appear in court. Nice. They said that God told them not to. <laughs> So, win for Mora, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like she would have won anyway because, I mean... Oh, yeah. And plus With people who little, don't, well. who, like, refuse to appear in court, um, it just goes to show that you really don't care that much about what's happening. Mm. Um, when my dad yeah. was fighting for custody for me, uh, he didn't appear in court for, like, the first two and then he appeared at the third one when mom was already at the camp and mm-hmm. wrote in, you know, this is where I'm at. This is what's happening. And I can't appear. And the court was fine with that. But the court still was like, yeah, this guy doesn't want a relationship with his daughter. He just wants to be an asshole to his ex-girlfriend. So, mm. yeah, if you don't appear to court, then you really don't give a shit. That is my opinion. And I'm putting it out there. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I've never had to go i mean when i was younger when the stuff with my own dad um i had to go to a hearing but it wasn't like court it was in a courtroom but there was nobody there yeah um i'm glad that i've never had to go for myself because i have i have my anxiety is too much for that shot. yeah you know i thankfully i didn't know anything was happening until i was older and i um uh, mom showed me the, the court documents like she she never really like I ever spoke bad, like bad about my dad. I remember. Um, she just told us facts and stories. That was it. It was never like I don't and I I don't know why she I mean I kind of know why she didn't I mean when your child has love you don't want to rip kill it from it. them. Yeah. Right. I don't talk bad about her husband to Gabe. Yeah. Who grew up with him, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm honest about mm-hmm. the fact that he's not a fantastic role model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even now when I talk about my dad, Jude's only met him once and he was a very, very tiny baby when mm-hmm. he met him. And I don't talk to my dad. I we don't have a relationship and I'm okay with that right now in my life. And whenever Jude asks about my dad, he, I say he's not a nice person. He's very hateful and he does not, he's very hateful towards other people and mommy doesn't talk to him. He's not a nice person. And Jude Mm -hmm. is okay with that. Like he understands like, Mm -hmm. okay, 
there are people out there in the world. Like, I don't want to like sugarcoat it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Annie's also never met him where he would have any love for him. Um, but right. like, if anything were to happen between Chris and myself, I think I would take the same approach as mom did where it mm-hmm. was very like, that's your father and you love him. So I'm not going to bash him in front of you, like out of spite, just right. that, who does that help? It doesn't help make me feel any better. It wouldn't make the kid feel any better. Like, I wonder also if she maybe was, um, I feel like it's hard to talk bad about somebody that's really hurt you, abused you, tormented you, Um, because none of our fathers were good people. Right. Um, So from like a, from my personal perspective, I feel like it would be really difficult to talk to a child about somebody who did horrible things to me mm. without like I couldn't say anything bad without that coming up mm-hmm. you know what I mean and then I would yeah. feel too much so just keep it neutral yeah yeah yep I didn't know that your dad failed to appear in court that's crazy yeah nice guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> things were going okay when we were reconnected after he got out of prison for he got went to prison for murdering someone over drug money And while he was in prison, we reconnected. There were just a lot of things that stacked up to not be good. Mm. He started, he's just a very hateful, racist person. And so that's not Mm. the kind of person I ever want to be or want my kids to be around, especially Mm -mm. since I am married to a white man. Right. And so I... I said, you know, if this is the kind of person you're going to be, then I don't want to be involved with you and I will not listen to it and I will not stand for it. And that was like a define, I feel a defining moment of my adulthood, uh, my young adulthood. And then I, you know, he responded with, you're not my daughter, blah, 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 just very hateful stuff Wow. Um, toward myself and mom. And I said, that's okay. I don't need anything from you. I don't want anything from you. And I'm okay living my life without you. And I was, and I still am. So yeah. Good for you, dude. Thanks. It was, uh, leading up to it was hard, but once I made the decision and stood my ground, it was empowering. And, um, I never thought I would be able to do it, but Cause I'm very much a people pleaser and want everybody to be happy and like me and mm-hmm. yeah, all Same. the things, but yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I do feel like you have a, I don't know, your threshold is different than mine. Mm. There are certain things that you, you get upset faster about and certain things like when we were younger mm-hmm. that I would jump in and be like, Oh no, Oh no, 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 yeah. no, no. You'd be like, no, it's whatever. It's fine. And I'm like, no, I'm beating her fucking ass. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, I am a very passive person. And like I said, I'm very much like just people pleaser. But there are certain values that I Mm -hmm. will stand for. And those values are non-negotiable. And hate, I am not okay with. Like blatant, outright hate for other people you can feel some, t- you can feel a way about the past and the way that things have gone. I mean, I feel that way about history and just the lack of ethnicity and diversity in history, but I don't 
it doesn't mean that I hate the person next to me or I hate, you know, the cops in my neighborhood. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like the whole thing. Yeah, it's just it. I was not okay with with that attitude and I didn't want my kids growing up around that attitude or being subjected to it. And I felt that it was my duty to make a stand uh, to protect myself and them. So, yeah. Yeah. You are the wall builder. Yes. And uh, it's hard, (laughs) but it's also really important, especially when kids are involved, you know, especially when kids are involved. They make everything so much harder and so much easier. Yeah, it's so much harder. Like you have to like make all these decisions. Like, fuck. <laughs> but, but the decision is easier because yes. children. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love these guys. Your kids and my kid are my favorites. Yes. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> guys, don't tell anybody. <laughs> your kids are allowed to be your favorite, okay? <laughs> So, all right, let's get back to Mara Schmerer. Yes, yes. She filed the lawsuit. They failed to appear, so she won $1.8 million. Boom to three. She has not gotten most of it because they lost their property in order to pay her, but their property wasn't even worth that much, so she's seen only a fraction of it since 1988. Well, so then it also, the reason why people make these lawsuits and take such aggressive action toward the lawsuits, the same goes for um, the families of those who have been murdered. They will sue the murderer in civil court Mm. to make sure that the murderer cannot make any profit off of his or her crime. Mm. They might not ever see a penny of it, but at least this person cannot benefit financially from their crime by selling the story to someone or having a movie about it or writing a book about it or whatever it is. You know, that's usually why they do that. it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's why they do it in such high numbers like that. Not because they actually want to be millionaires. Right. Because it's probably not going to happen. It's just to keep the the person from financially benefiting from what they've done. You fucked me. Bend over. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The aggressive Christianity cult, they did force Mara Schmeier to live in a shed for months because of her idolatry and questioning Deborah Green. They forced her to live in a shed without a bathroom or a bed. For the sin of putting her children before God, which in reality, she just questioned their methods and like how fucking mean they were. And she was Mm -hmm. punished for that. I really, yeah, I really don't like these people. Mm -hmm. So she has a website where she talks about her experience. If you look up her name, Mara Schmeier, S-H-M-I-E-R-E-R. Okay. uh, She talks about her experience in the cult and she has like I said, a documentary with Nat Geo from 2012. She'll come up again, but there's another woman named Julie Godino. She met the Greens when she was 16 in 84, when they were in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. She was coming from a lifestyle of gangs and drugs. She was also instrumental when it came to finally, like, time to make the arrests. The things that she shared were breakthrough stuff. She has this quote where she says that around 84, shortly after she got there, um, the atmosphere 
changed hmm. and it's not really clear how it changed except it got stricter. Deborah proclaimed herself a prophet of God. This shit just started to go downhill. But it's hmm. not like it, there's no it's kind of like how we grew up. There's no clear this day, this month, this week is when shit started getting weird. It's just like the in, the environment shifted, the atmosphere changed. And then they changed their name, which also happened where we were, too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, they became incorporated. Oh, yeah, they did. Also incorpor- at that time. So they had to switch a lot of their finances and uh, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So they were like more of a... I mean, they were legit, but not uh, as legit. And then when the, I guess, founding pastor uh, started getting older and sicker, Mm-hmm. And then there was more rain for the director to kind of do what she wanted mm-hmm. and manage it how she wanted without as much supervision. Then I think that that's, that's how it, that progressed. That makes sense. Well, very similar story here. Deborah Green just got this idea that she was a prophet of God. The stuff started getting strict. And mm-hmm. um, the two of them, Deborah and James, started calling themselves the generals, the brigadier generals, and they changed the name from Free Love Ministries to the Aggressive Christianity Missions Training Corps. Jeez. Yeah. They firmly believe that Deborah is an oracle of God. She also has another name, Lila. Why? I don't know. Okay. You know, got to change your name. <laughs> like I said earlier, all the members refer to her as their general or their mom. All of the members change their names eventually, like completely new first name, completely new last name. Wow. But nothing, it's not like crazy stuff. They just change their name from like John Todd to Joseph Stalin. You know what I mean? Like what? <laughs> they just completely change their names for no gosh dang reason. It's but not it wasn't anything like they weren't all going to the same name. No, no. They weren't all going to the same last name. No. They weren't all going to the same first name. No. That is weird. They just get new names. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, so there's Bible scriptures about that. Oh, shit. So I can yes, see them taking that scripture and running with it. Very literally. And yes. taking it literally as you come into this house and you get a new name and you are reborn into this, you know, group. I could see that. I do see that as well. Very good point. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, this is so fucked up and strange. So thank you for pointing that out. I thought it was really weird that they just completely changed their names from like one American name to another American name. Yeah, that is interesting. So... With the exception of their son-in-law, who married their daughter, he changed his name to Peter Green. His name was originally Mike Brandon. Oh, God. Yeah. They've relocated and changed the name of their group, like, so many times. There's not even a full list on any one website. There's, like, every website that I've been on to look up this information has a different list that's either smaller or larger than the other ones. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Some of their aliases include Free Love Ministries, right? Mm-hmm. Free Land Mountain, Life Force Team, Death what? Force Team, <laughs> Miracle River Christian Mission, 
the Manchild Company. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> the Manchild Company what comes the from the idea that they are the manifest sons of God. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> you can't abbreviate certain words, and oh, manifest can't. is not a word to abbreviate. <laughs> oh, no. They have willingly called themselves man children. <laughs> wow. Well, their most recent name on their website right now is Shrim Ra Na, Holy Tribal Nation. So they're not even called aggressive Christianity at this point, but if you look them up, you will find them. <laughs> yeah. So according to the Cult Education Institute's website. Okay. They're a pretty good one. I like I like they are very like informative. Cult Education Institute. Yes, they've got some solid info and i like how they take a a different approach than we do i think and and most other things because they kind of go that doesn't agree with christianity but also look at all of this crazy mm -hmm. yeah so they actually compile all of the news sources mm. and so which i like but i don't like because they don't give links and I'd like to see the original news stories. Yeah. News story, but what they just copy and paste it onto their website. So it is a compilation of like, you can find, okay. So, and it'll say where it was from. It just won't have a direct link. So that's my only issue with them, but it is very comprehensive in that if you look up a cult on their website, it will give you a list of articles and then you'd have to do your own digging to try to find those articles. But at least you have, okay, at least a general idea of where you can start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. So according to them, according to the Cult Education Institute, James Green has some heretical views, which I mm -hmm. like that they listed because there's not like a lot of information on exactly what they believe, just kind of what went down. Yeah. So for instance, he believes people are possessed either with good or evil, God or demons, um, that we have no spiritual nature of our own. He also believes that there are three different kinds of Christians, 30-fold Christians who are merely saved, 60-fold Christians who can speak in tongues, and 100-fold Christians who are the elite manifest sons of God, the man-children. And only the elite are the bride of Christ, of course. If you don't know what the bride of Christ is, guys, that's when the, the world ends and God comes back in a cloud of glory or whatever, and then like human turns into humankind turns into one beautiful spiritual woman and that's god's wife i mean Us. just saying that out loud sounds weird as shit i know <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> they um they fast a lot like as much as we used to but probably more because we did a lot of like seven day fasts Mm -hmm. maybe a two-week fast certain staff would be allowed to participate in 40-day fasts you know like they were yeah. they were weird about it but this group aggressive christianity they they just they go hard with the fasting man like 30 to 40 days and they start out three weeks no water this many days only juice this many days just vegetables and everybody has to participate like it's a very there, there's no exceptions within this group everybody is under deborah green there is no better hire except for the other like core staff i would suppose who are also called generals like any member no same standard you all yeah. suck 
So I've got a lot of like thoughts about fasting and the whole setup of this. It definitely sounds like the camp. Um, The hierarchy sounds like the camp, the Mm -hmm. fasting. I have such an, as an adult now and having left I, the camp, I have such an aversion to fasting and it's great for you if you do it in moderation, moderation with the right instructions. Yeah. If you're looking to cleanse your body resources. Yeah. There are good things to do about cleansing your body and fasting from certain things and Lent and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I have, and this is maybe one of my like extremes after being uh, at the camp. Like I we all have them. Oh yeah, I refuse to have a regular sandwich. Oh, I get that. It's got to be the works. There is no meat and cheese. That is it. No, absolutely not. I'm not having Mm -hmm. that kind of a sandwich because that's all I grew up eating. And so my sandwich are decked the hell out. There is lettuce, Mm -hmm. tomato, some onion. There's dressing as the no mayonnaise. No, fuck that. I'm going (laughs) with the dressing. Like (laughs) my sandwiches are bomb. Yes. Hoagies and grinders and hoagies and grinders and maybe. Exactly. And (laughs) fasting is something that I have such an aversion to that when I hear people say they're fasting, I immediately, it's so triggering. And I'm like, oh God, why are you restricting your body like that? Because I'm thinking three day fast. I'm thinking week long fast. And I'm like, I don't want to even think about that because we did, we fasted a lot. It was at least once a month we were fasting. I feel like Yes. And they didn't make the kids fast. Most of the kids... Well, um, no, we were highly encouraged to and kind of side-eyed if mm-hmm. we didn't. Yeah. Um, especially, if you think about it, especially if you were on the heavier side. Yeah. As like, a child. Like, you need to fast. Give that fat to God. What are you talking about? Like... So much Yeah. Okay, anyway. I remember talking to our brother a couple days ago about fasting there. Which one? Um, Micaiah. Okay. He's fine with us saying his name, right? Yeah, yeah. He'd probably be flattered. You know him. <laughs> <laughs> Does he listen to the yeah. podcast? Um. Yeah, I've showed him a few episodes. He, nice. he likes it. He cool. does. Hi, Micaiah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out, bro. So we were talking about fasting the other day, and he was like, I remember one time when I was like 11 or 12 that he fasted, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, he didn't fast and everybody else was fasting and he would get two sandwiches. They had worked it out where he got two sandwiches at lunchtime because he was growing and he requested his normal two sandwiches while everybody else was fasting. And he got like the dirtiest looks from the staff. Like, wow, wow. You're not even going to, wow. Oh man. A teenager, like yeah. a young teenager, not even like you're 18 and you, you under, or you're 17 or 16. No. Uh, wow. Okay. I'm not surprised. Some, some listeners might be like, what? But yeah, yeah. no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Well, progressive Christianity, because of all of this crazy stuff they've got going on in their belief system, they were quickly considered extreme and heretical by most of the surrounding churches. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, not a lot of, but a few members from churches here and there would kind of fall into the trap. So they also got a reputation as 
twats because mm-hmm. they were stealing people's congregation. <laughs> yeah, always trying to steal somebody's congregation. Not only stealing them, like brainwashing them. Yeah. If you know anything about this way of life, you can agree. Yeah. But one of my favorite things that they believed in was James Green. Okay, he says this about Jesus. You know the story where Jesus is on the the mountain and the disciples see him in all his glory for the first time and they're like, oh shit, you're the Christ. Yes. Yeah. So. (laughs) Highly unimpressed, but yes. (laughs) Highly unimpressed. (laughs) Is what James Green believes about that story. They pulled back the fleshly man of Jesus and Christ, that anointed one, that shining brightness stood out and they saw him. Like, he literally believes that they ripped Jesus' flesh off and Christ was under there. Okay. All I'm imagining is Independence Day when they cut open the alien. (laughs) (laughs) And this thing comes out. Exactly. You have it. You have, that's the whole picture. That's it. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. So when they changed their name to Aggressive Christianity, as Julie Godino said, things really started heading downhill. Stuff mm-hmm. started getting stricter. They were isolating people from their families because they were secular, telling people that they were going to hell if they left or if they questioned Deborah Green. They cut their members off from other churches because those other churches are Babylon and they're compromising, and that's not true Christianity. Of course. Deborah would hold trials for members who questioned her or complained. Oh, no. Um, God, of course, was judge and jury, but speaking through Deborah, because Deborah could speak to God. Deborah was judge, jury, and executioner for any complaint against herself. (laughs) Like, it's not a good setup. No. No one should ever be all three. Any psychological care that members might receive because of, you know, I don't even, this part's really hard to talk about. So they don't believe in psychiatric care, psychological care, modern medicine, short of surgery. Okay. They, they, They brought their own daughter for surgeries when she broke bones. But besides that, like there's, there's no record of most of the children in the group having any medical care. Hmm. But anyway, so psychological care um, and medical care opens you up to demons, according to them, as does karate, uh, having opinions, raising your own children. According to them, one person could have up to 6,000 demons, um, and all of those, of course, carry spirits with them, like the, the spirit of karate and the spirit of psychiatric I don't know. I mean, we grew up thinking that karate was sinful, yeah, we grew up believing that yoga opened your mind and and left your your house open for demons to just waltz in. Yeah, yeah, I ex- I said that to someone the other day, and they were like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, no, I did not like even years after leaving, did I didn't. Yoga. I still did not do yoga because." Even when I would talk to mom about it, she was like, ooh, you know, like, because we had been so Mm -hmm. brainwashed into thinking that we were in all those videos, man. Do you remember all those stupid videos? (sighs) Um, I'm Chuck Smith. I'm Carol (laughs) Matiniana. Yes. God. 
Yeah, there were a lot of videos about rock and roll music opens you up to demons. Yoga opens you up to demons. Halloween opens you up to demons. Don't accept that candy. People are putting blades in there. <laughs> and you know that only happened to like one person. Happened to one person, and I love how they always do. Like every Halloween, it's like, oh my god, watch out! They're they're giving out wine candies. Watch out! They're giving out weed candies. And it's like, bitch, if I had weed and wine candies, I would not be giving it to your kids. I would. You know what? Okay. That would be for me, please. <laughs> To get back to the call, they don't believe in raising children, which is they had such a hard time with Mara and mm. why Mara had such a hard time with them because she was a actual mother. And they they've been quoted as saying things like, we're not raising children here. We're raising future soldiers. And this is not a family church. This is God's army. Basically, if you don't like it, Get the fuck out of here, you sinning piece of shit. Today is a great day to start your very own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message that you want to share with the world, or just think that it would be fun to have your own talk show, then podcasting is for you. It is easy, inexpensive, and a great way to expand your reach online. We recommend Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online, listed in all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. Super easy. We absolutely love Buzzsprout and have been, I've been personally using them for over a year now. So the team at Buzzsprout is so passionate about helping you succeed. They are extremely helpful. They are always coming out with new content to help podcasters do amazing things. So if you follow the link in the show notes, it'll let Buzzsprout know that we sent you and it'll get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for the paid plan. It helps to support our show, but then also gets you the best, which we think Buzzsprout is the best, podcast platform. Definitely go check them out. You can either go to twosisterscult.com slash savings and find Buzzsprout on our list, or you can follow the link in the show notes. All right, back to the episode. No, I understand now. Not that I understand and agree, but I understand why it was such an issue with that and why they took that approach. Yeah. They they wear berets and uniforms. They go on missions trips in uniforms. Wait, what? They're extremely militaristic. Oh, wow. Okay. And this is why they call their, their leaders the generals. The generals of God's army. Okay. It's also extreme. I know. Isn't it? It's like, it's how we grew up. But taken to like, no, not to 50. Yeah. So as I said earlier, all members eventually change their names, both their first name and their last name. They don't, you you could go from Mara Schmeier or something to Elizabeth Edwards. Just change it. Don't give a fuck why. Um, Everything that they do, Jim and Deborah, it's not them. It is God moving through them. This is what they tell their people. And this is what their people believe. This is one of the uh, the cult rec- one of the requirements for us in uh, when we what we define as a cult mm-hmm. is that the leader has no authority other than themselves, right. or they don't report to anyone real. Mm-hmm. 
and they feel that they're above the law. And this is, this is an exact um, example of this. Right. Like it wasn't me. I'm not doing this. God, God is doing this and he's using me and Mm -hmm. I am but a simple vessel. Yeah. Which means I can do everything because I'm God. Yeah. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yep. Yep. Not a normal Christian belief, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, your average Christian. Right. Not that Christianity is a normal belief. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they also believe in curses, um, that cur- people can curse you and that you can send the curse back onto people and they teach you how to do this. Mm-hmm. That's also not a normal Christian belief. That reminds me of, and I, we've talked about this before, um, in just conversation, but how we used to pray against people yes, and pray that yeah. God would tear down their pride, would bring calamity to their families in order mm-hmm. to bring the light to their eyes. Show them rock bottom. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I can see a lot of similarities to how we grew up from this cult. This is insane. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially in the belief system. Uh, some, somewhat in the carry through, mm-hmm. but very much in the ideas behind the carry through. Yeah. So in addition to the, the curses, they believe in soul ties as well, where you can have a soul tie to like your family Right. And that Mm -hmm. has to be cut and chopped because that's not God. Mm. You only need to have a soul tie to God. Forget about your mother and father. You need to hate them, which the Bible does actually say. So you can't really take that the wrong way. Yeah. (laughs) But of course, these things, these curses and soul ties, these are completely the result of demons. As I said, one person can have up to 6,000 demons and spirits within them. So all of these demons must be defeated, which can, of course, be done through prayer and fasting and the laying on of hands and isolation. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read another excerpt from the Cult Education Institute website. They have this to say about the, the latter, more strict days of aggressive Christianity. Okay. So they say the group believe firmly in numerous prophecies given by Jim and Lila Green. And we we had a lot of prophesying at our place as well. I think a lot of cults kind of fill in the blanks with their own messages from God in that way. Yeah. Recently, the effort of this prophetic leading has been to further tear apart families, this time within their own training camp. At least three families have been destroyed by revelations to the effect that three of the women were putting their families above God. Therefore, the women were separated from their families. They were given terrible names such as Forsaken and Barren, Their children were expected to treat them as non-existent, and their husbands felt they must divorce them, which, in fact, you did. Wow. Women were given hard labor to perform, such as hauling heavy heavy rocks in a wheelbarrow and sawing wood. One woman's husband would wake her at 3 o'clock in the morning so she could wash the group's vans. They were kept in a small shed without windows or heat, and sometimes they were there for up to three days at a time. For several months, there was no way they could bathe or shower, and they were fed peanut butter sandwiches on stale bread. The Greens told members of the group not to have any compassion on these women because Jesus did not have compassion for them. Which is, like, totally anti-Jesus. Yeah. Like, that's not at all the kind of person he was, according to the Bible. Nope. And the the women that they said that 
that line specifically about don't have compassion on her because Jesus has no compassion for her. The, they eventually kicked her out and told her that she was going to hell, which when you're kicked out of a cult, not willingly leaving, mm-hmm. especially with all of that brainwashing, I, I don't know what happened to her, but I can imagine that she was terrified. Yeah. But I hope that she, she, I really, really hope that she moved on to have a better life than living in a shed and being called barren. Like, yeah, she needs a lot of therapy, I'm sure. Yeah. I hope she's good right now. Yeah. If you're out there, honey, I hope you're good right now. Those are more fun facts about (laughs) this place. Children were not educated. They were often denied medical treatment and they were forced to work on the property as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Manual, hard labor, just regular stuff, baking, cooking, stuff like the moving of the w- rocks and the wheelbarrows, that kind of thing. There were several children that were born there whose births weren't registered with the state, uh, mostly so that they wouldn't have to deal with things like doctor's appointments and child services, etc. There's that boy that we talked about at the beginning who, who was the reason that the police finally got onto the compound. Mm-hmm. Enoch Miller. Okay. In his case, their their beliefs about modern medicine turned out to be fatal. He was 12 years old when his father reported that he was missing. He hadn't been able to contact him for a while. He wanted to know what was up. And his mother was a part of the cult. So the police go onto the compound. They are looking for Enoch Miller. And they find his grave. 12-year-old boy. He had been dead. This is in 2017. He had been dead since 2014. Oh, my God. And when his mother was arrested in connection with his death, she said she didn't bring him to the doctor because Deborah had told her to trust God, and that was what she wanted to do. He had been sick for three weeks with the flu. As far as they could tell, he had been dead so long that they couldn't actually definitively say. Yeah. Um, But there was a, a flu epidemic in the town at the time. And according to the things that people said after the fact, um, Mm -hmm. it's likely that he had the flu. But regardless, he got some kind of infection. He Mm -hmm. had a really high fever. And after three weeks, his head became deformed and pus was leaking from his forehead. He lost the ability to speak or move his right side. And when they went, when he died, they just buried him so the boy's mother, Stacy Miller, and Deborah Green were both charged with separate counts of child abuse and negligence for what happened to him. She was going, Deborah Green was still being tried or still awaiting trial for this in 2018. And I could not find whether she had been sentenced or not. Okay. Because she, she, the sentence that she did get, the 72 years, was for a different crime, which we will come across soon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's unclear whether she, she's been sentenced for this, and his mother as well. I'm sure that his mom's in jail, but mm-hmm. unclear. So sometimes when other sentencings come up and it's for a longer sentence, if it goes through and they are sentenced to that really long time, like you said, 71 years, then it is likely that the other case will be dropped. It sucks, but it is likely that that will happen. Uh, The other charges, I should say, are dropped. Um, That happens quite a lot. I don't like that. You what? 
said, I don't like that. It sucks. I don't like it either, but it's kind of, you kind of have like some hope of like, okay, at least they'll be in jail for the rest of their lives. You know? Yeah. So that girl that we talked about earlier, Julie Gudino, mm-hmm. she, like I said, she, she left in 2004. Um, but when all of this was going down in 2017, she was instrumental in helping with the investigation. She told investigators that the Greens discouraged members from seeing doctors, one, to save money, mm-hmm. and two, because they were in sin and must repent to be healed. And they just told people to repent and believe in God. Uh, of course, they denied this, and they mm. said they do indeed believe in doctors, <laughs> which sounds like something that somebody who doesn't believe in doctors would say. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say it. I mean... <laughs> So here is not a laughing matter. Um, It's about to get really heavy. Just a warning. I mean, I thought it was heavy enough already. (laughs) This is a very triggering episode. Yeah. We should put a trigger warning at the beginning, shouldn't we? I just mean it's a trigger warning for the camp and me and my how we grew up. It's been. Oh, yeah, I agree. It was. um, It's been triggering. I had a lot of adrenaline running through my body at the end of my research. (laughs) Mm, Yes, I can understand that. In the other case of child abuse that I was talking about, the one for which she was sentenced for 72 years, the the maximum sentence was 108, and I don't know why they didn't just fucking do it. Mm -hmm. She was already 70 years old. Like, she's not getting out of prison in 72 years. Just give her the 108 as like a definitive fuck you but no they didn't so in this case they somehow took a child from uganda um their daughter went in 1997 to africa and at deborah's request she brought a baby back just fucking brought a baby back what (laughs) i don't know how i don't understand it it's devious and i'm sure there's a lot more a lot more people's sinister or negligent actions involved for them to actually get a child out of the country, let alone like into this country. Yeah. I I don't understand it. They went and got this baby in 97, this little girl, the daughter and the son-in-law, Peter Green raised her, I believe. And then at one point the daughter left. The cult? Yes. Left the cult, was done, fed up over it. Mm Mm-hmm. The the cult's website says at this point, Peter Green gave custody of the child to Deborah because he felt it would be best for her, right, to have a mother figure. I can understand why uh, after being in the cult for so long, you believe that this person is the ult- ultimate authority. You know that you can't raise this child on your own who is a girl because you feel like as a father, you may not be able to do it. Uh, to the best of your ability so you give it to you give the child to its adoptive quote-unquote adoptive right a very loosely adoptive (laughs) grandmother okay Mm -hmm. that being said the two of them definitely the two of them abused her horribly horribly tortured her horribly from julie godino's perspective she was treated like a slave Mm. Um, she was frequently spanked, forced to eat in the corner and forced to work all day. And that's just from an outsider. And when the girl herself testified, it was a much darker picture that came to light. 
She mm. said that she was raped by Peter Green at oh least four times a week from the time she was seven. Oh, my God. She was whipped, spanked, starved. She had rickets, which is um, severe vitamin D deficiency that yeah. makes your bones soften and distort like really bad bow legs. Yeah. She had 11 surgeries for broken bones over the years, which this is these 11 surgeries are the only case I can find of a child receiving medical attention from this mm. cult. Deborah Green told her that she was cursed because she was from Africa. Mm-hmm. And Deborah Green herself also sexually abused her at least four times. Mm. So all of this came to light in 2017. Yeah. Um, a lot of the information just says the girl. Um, it doesn't say her name. Right, because um, when a minor is abused, especially when it's a sexual crime, uh, they usually don't give their name in the media. They're not allowed to. Well, from 97 to 2017, I don't think she was a minor at the time of the information coming out, but she was a minor at the time of the crimes. Yeah, yeah. it's the same. If they're a minor at the time of the crime, the same thing happened with the girls involved with William Com. Um, they were an adults when they came out about what had happened to them, but because they were minors when it happened, uh, the media was not allowed to release their names. That's good. I like yeah. that. I think it just protects them. Um, yeah. Like, especially if you're, like, trying to get a job or, you know, you don't want people Googling your name and then all these articles about your childhood. Even worse. Oh, my God. Yeah. I did not think of that. I was just thinking of, like, stuff like this where your name is in connection with it for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I'm glad I don't know her name right now because even though I don't want to, like, propagate the names of these abusers and horrible fucking people. Yeah. I don't want her name tainted by association with their names either at the same yeah. time yeah no this whole this this part is absolutely devastating and i think it's it's really sad really really sad it is um she she testified in court and she said that you know she still has a really hard time with self-esteem and mm. trusting herself and the judge told her like a, a weaker person would not have survived this you are an amazing young woman. Yeah. I'd like to reiterate that if she ever hears this. Yeah. <laughs> that is our opinion. You are the most amazing human. Yeah. All right. So after the child abuse allegations initially came to light and they, they go on to the compound and they, they find out that all of this stuff is happening with this girl. They also find Enoch Miller's grave. Yeah. So naturally they, the police, the FBI, they want to talk to everybody make sure that nothing else is going on. Yeah. So they raid the compound. They find 11 kids there. Hmm. They arrest Deborah and Peter and I think possibly James Green also at the time, but his bail was not as high, so he was released. But Peter and Deborah, was it Peter's bail was set to a, a couple million on the field and Deborah's was 500,000. Like they were not playing around. They did not want them going anywhere. Yeah. But anyway, they raid the compound. They arrest these two. They find 11 kids, most of them with unregistered births, no birth certificates. All Mm. of them uneducated and all of them taught to hide in the woods and the outhouses when police (sighs) arrive. Like trained from birth to go into the woods when you see a car pull up. Oh my God. 
yeah. They've got the people that they want. They got Deborah, they got Peter, they got a few other people, but they have warrants for four other adults. And they want to talk to these kids. They have a court order to interview these children. So they ask some responsible adults from the cult to please bring these children here mm-hmm. in four days. We're going to interview them. And they, the cult made a huge deal about like not having any transportation. We don't have anything that's going to fit that many kids. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We couldn't possibly do such a thing. And the FBI is like, okay, we'll land you a bus. No sweat. Just mm-hmm. bring the fucking kids. Yeah. The FBI shows up in this bus, ready to transport 11 kids and four parents. They catch these four parents trying to escape in two vans with seven of the children, $1,000, maps, and clothes. Wow. They arrest all four of them, yep. including Deborah's son, Joshua. Mm-hmm. He says they were only bringing clothes to stay at a hotel, and they were planning to meet the agents the next morning. Mm-hmm. No, no, we were going to stay at a hotel. We weren't trying to escape, Ossifer. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Green, that's that son that said that stupid shit. Mm-hmm. He was charged with um, he was convicted of not having his son registered at birth, right? Deborah mm-hmm. got those seventy-two years, and her husband James got ten years in prison because he was charged with child abuse and pled no contest, mm. which was the that's the the best decision that I've heard made. In this Him entire pleading story. no contest. <laughs> yeah. Pleading no contest. Like, yes, I did it. I'm not saying shit. At least he wasn't like, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. <laughs> right. Deborah was charged with four counts of sexual abuse, a charge of kidnapping, a charge of negligent abuse, and a charge of child abuse. Mm. Her son-in-law, Peter Green, is charged with 100 counts of criminal sexual abuse of a minor. However, in February 2020, he was released on house arrest. Why and how did that happen? I don't know, and I'm real angry. (laughs) Yeah. That was two months ago. What, did he serve, like, three years? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, August of 2017 that all of this was happening. 100 counts of criminal abuse of a minor, and he's out. Yeah, I'm angry. Yeah. Yeah. I might not sound angry, but I'm angry. Yep. You guys can't see my face. And even if you could, she has Botox, so you wouldn't have <laughs> What? <laughs> Don't lie to the listeners. <laughs> no. No Botox over here. Joking aside, um, we are angry. Yeah. I don't know if you're as angry as I am, but I am feeling slightly murderous. <laughs> I'd probably say not murderous because I am a very passive person. Yeah, yeah, pacifist over <laughs> I there. I am, but I'm really upset. I think that it's bullshit that this guy got out after three years after 100 counts of sexual abuse toward minor. I It makes me angry that there is a statute of limitations on a lot of his crimes. Mm-hmm. It makes me angry that an absolute piece of shit garbage human being would be out roaming the world where my children live. And yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Do I want to murder him? No. God damn it, Alicia. I was going to look for somewhere to hide the body. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't hide him at my house. <laughs> not at my house. He's on house arrest, as I said. So I don't know 
I don't know what's going to happen. And I feel very threatened by his continued existence out and about in the world, even though he is on house arrest. He's not in prison, so it's easy for him to get back with his same people doing the same shit. Mm -hmm. And there's still 18 children there. So this place is still there. Oh, yeah. They're up and running. Deborah's in jail. Peter's in, well, Peter's released. Piece of fucking shit. Mm -hmm. Jim is in jail. I think they have a few other generals that are, like, not, you know, as general (laughs) as Deborah, but... Mm. They, um, yeah, they're active on a bunch of websites. They have, like, their aggressive Christianity website. They have one where, this makes me really angry. So they have a website called cultofthelivinggod.com mm. or okay. .org or whatever, where they jokingly refer to themselves as having joined an infamous cult. What? I joined an infamous cult. Ha, ha, ha. And then they have links under it to videos with testimonials about how awesome they are and how they're the army of God. And they're doing so much good stuff as an infamous cult. The Southern Poverty Law Center lists them as a hate group, which I'm very, I mean, I think that just what we've covered is enough, but they also have a lot of anti-Semitic and transphobic and anti-homosexual stuff on their websites, um, like whole ass sermons and tracks and stuff, which is a pretty, I mean, some churches are, more tolerant in the mm-hmm. mainstream Christianity, but anti-homosexuality is extremely prevalent in this religion. So on Mara Schmeier's website, she says, I used to march with these people, slaying invisible demons with invisible swords, yelling, get behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. And that sounds like the camp. That sounds exactly like the camp. We fought to keep demons from getting inside our heads. We fought against our own thoughts, our own conscience. She also says, Deborah Green terrified me. Her intense, I can see through you eyes, her prophecies of hate, hellfire, and judgment. She spoke with such authority, such confidence. God's chosen leader, his prophet. I was bound by fear, afraid to not believe. God's ways, they said, were too deep for me to understand. Regarding the Aggressive Christianity Mission Training Corps, all I've ever really wanted to do is shine some light inside a dark hole to expose the deception and the abuse. Wow. And, yeah, I, I applaud the shit out of that. Yeah. It's, um, it's really hard as someone that comes out of something like that mm-hmm. to acknowledge, like, because you're in such a different place at the moment in the present, you know that they're crazy. Yeah. And it's hard to acknowledge, I feel, like I also strongly believed that at one point, at least one day out of that decade that I was there, there was, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's brave of her. It's really brave, I feel. When I, I had a podcast interview last week and it'll, we'll have it up on our socials once it's live, <clears throat> but I told her, I said, when I was 14 or 15, I stood before a, a, a mega church and I told my testimony and I talked about the camp and how wonder, what, a, what a wonderful place it was, how, you know, now my mom is no longer on drugs and I can have a sober mom and I can be with my family and I'm not separated from my siblings. 
all of these different great things that the camp was to me at that time. And I believed every single thing I said. Yeah. And it's terrifying because when I left, I had to literally unlearn it, unlearn everything. Like just Mm -hmm. like I, the way I explained it was like, I have this handful of like this, this arm full of beliefs. I'm holding all these beliefs in my arms and I dropped them all. And then had to go sift through them yes. to see which ones I wanted which to ones pick garbage back up. and which ones mine. <laughs> yes, that was how it was. Trying to like all cults. When you finally realize that you're in a cult, it is one of the most terrifying things because you realize that you have given years and years and and energy to something that is not healthy it's not healthy. It's not what you want to continue to give your energy to. It's like being in a bad relationship for 20 years. I was just thinking, I was just thinking it's like realizing you're in an abusive relationship. Yeah. After a really long time and realizing that you have not only like this hasn't just, this just continued to happen, but you've also believed for so long that it was okay. And for so long you were telling other people that everything was okay. And it's terrifying. And for people that do come out on the other side and are open about it and can actually say like, this is what happened and this is how it was nuts. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and can say that I was wrong and I, uh, it's a whole nother level. But yeah, I, I could definitely see what you're talking about. I think she's absolutely uh, brave in coming out and telling her story for sure. Mm-hmm. And she she was only there for... She left in 88. Okay. Started in 81. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven years is a long time. Seven years is a long time, but they started getting bad in 84. Mm-hmm. So she spent three to four years max in this bad environment, whereas everybody else is the same people. Like, they have not shuffled, gotten new members. Well, there's, you know... 30 of them and then there's 50 of them and then there's 40 of them because people do leave yeah but nobody knew is really coming they're just having babies yeah i'm glad that her daughter left um i'd like to know how the the girl from uganda is doing yeah i'd like to know a lot of things how the fuck did this piece of crap get out of jail (laughs) this year i'd like to know I have a lot of really angry, horrible feelings towards these people. So I feel like we shouldn't talk about what I want to know anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that it would be good to do an update once we have, if, if we ever have more information on it, we could put it on our Patreon as like a live episode of just like, or a live video of just us sharing uh, the information that we have on what's happened lately. I would love uh, that. Thank you. That's a great idea. Did you just come up with that for me? You're so sweet. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I I've been you. thinking about it, like for any of the story, like anything that we tell. If it is a more current one, and the things have happened in the last year, then like, if we have more information, we're gonna love to share that and be able to yeah. give that. I mean, I, I'm sure our avid listeners would love to hear updates and stuff, and uh, I think that would be something that we could do for our patrons or our patrons, patrons on patrons. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is the story of aggressive Christianity. Wow. That was 
I feel like a lot of it was super relatable in their beliefs, like you said, uh, to the camp. That was a roller coaster. This is going to be, I think this is going to be a long episode too. <laughs> I know. I think we've, when has it been like two hours? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll cut it down to whatever we need to, uh, to make the conversation flow, but I'm probably going to keep a lot of stuff in because it was us sharing our own story mm-hmm. and how it relates. That was, uh, this was deep. Right. A lot of, a lot of stuff, man. Nope. I really, really enjoyed the part where you were like, <laughs> what? I thought it was already bad. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I know. Me too, girl. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I have no words to describe the emotions that I felt researching this. Like, it, the fun is not the word, but it wasn't like, God, I don't know. It was intense. It was really intense researching this. And I'm really glad that I heard this story. Yeah, I agree for sure. And I like it was intense me just listening to you tell it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's how I'm going to feel when because I definitely want to do Waco. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have so many strong feelings about it. And I'm yeah. really I feel like it's going to be a really emotional episode for me. Well, when kids are involved, man, oh, that's God, her yeah. off. That's her off. Yeah. I am crying for sure. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I, so when that one comes out, it's going to be pretty crazy. Uh, But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Jada, for sharing it with us and, and doing the research. Thank you for being there for me while I shared it. Yes. And our listeners for being there, please let us know what you thought about the episode. And if you had any feelings or if you were like, holy shit, with us then please let us know we love hearing from our listeners it is our community has grown so much and you listeners are so amazing we've had so many people reach out and like the amount of downloads we have so far it's just it's insane we did not expect uh this kind of growth and share with your friends you know uh so were you in a cult do you have a favorite cult or is there a cult that you want us to cover maybe you just want to tell us a funny story or you just want to like unload we are here for you we would love you to send us your story and you can uh have your story featured on our podcast we have a little checkbox on our submission form where you can decide if you just want it to be for us to list to read and read on our own or if you would like us to read it on the podcast and share it with our listeners so uh, please go ahead and do that you can do that uh, by sending your stories to two sisters cult at gmail.com please send your stories we love stories and feedback yes and we're also launching our patreon in may um, we're really excited about that. So if you want to donate to the show, you can do that there. And we'll have more details about it soon. But for now, we do have ad-free episodes up on our Patreon already. So if that interests you, some ad-free content, you can head on over there today. We have some pretty sweet merch available on our shop. You can pick from decal stickers, t-shirts, and other other fun stuff. Uh, click shop in the menu at twosisterscult.com. And the best way for you to help us out on the show is to like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be sure to tell a friend who you think would like us. Yes. Oh, I forgot to tell you (laughs) this part. Um, We are officially on Amazon Echo. So you can tell... (sighs) 
your mm-hmm. Amazon Echo to play Two Sisters and a Cult podcast and it will find us. Yay. Uh, so yeah, that's something new we just did this week. Uh, yes. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Two Sisters Cult. Come hang out with us. We absolutely love our community. Catch you on the flip side. Don't join that cult. <laughs> <laughs>